Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Chris Crisman. Chris is a commercial and editorial photographer based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and has worked with clients such as Pfizer, Allstate, Costco, Wells Fargo, and AOL, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Chris about how he got into photography, some of his early assignments, personal projects, and I also speak to Chris about his approach to motion work. Chris is a photographer whose work I've followed for many years now, so it was a real pleasure getting to speak with him about all his experience, and I hope you guys enjoy it, and thanks for listening. All right, well, Chris Crisman, uh, thanks so much for coming to, to the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on here, man. Um, I've been, hey, man. Yeah, I've been following your work for a long time, so definitely excited to uh, hear what you got going on, and uh, I think people appreciate um, your experience and everything you got to offer. Um, but I guess just to kind of start off, um, where did you grow up, and how did you kind of get into photography initially? Yeah, Alex, uh, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to do this and uh, excited to chat for a little bit. I um, <clears throat> actually grew up in the northwest uh, part of Pennsylvania. Um, I was uh, grew up in the, kind of grew up in the woods and was a pretty rural kid um, and uh, wasn't really into photography and uh, growing up there at all. I, um, <clears throat> in in high school, I was I was pretty big into uh, sports and athletics and few other things and was pretty busy and always always uh working at it and working at whatever we were what i was into um i was uh, i got particularly lucky uh with uh, as a javelin thrower and um with that uh it kind of led me to uh going to school at the university of pennsylvania uh in, in philadelphia so i it was <clears throat> throwing the javelin was um, kind of the basis of, of kind of where I'm at now because it's a really obscure sport. Yeah. And, um, How did you, if you get do into well? That? <laughs> um, you know what? I was actually cutting wood with my dad one weekend day. Um, we were out in the woods, and and um, he had been um, a javelin thrower when he was in high school, mm. and um, he was helping a um, like a family friend who was in high school, like about four years older than me. And, um, and I, I actually didn't have a great relationship with my father up to this point. So I think it was in eighth grade, this had happened. And I was, um, I was curious. Um, and I was also pretty burnt out on baseball at the time. Yeah. I've been playing that since I was in kindergarten. So I, um, I don't know, kind of, kind of got into it by throwing a stick in the woods with my dad. And then, um, yeah, that, that kind of converted into, um, to see the little angle with javelin for me was there was only 11 states that threw it and um, Pennsylvania was probably one of the bigger ones wow. and uh, did well at the state level and then that got me I got recruited everywhere and, and kind of had a nice pick of the litter on where I could go to school Damn, so I ended up at Penn. that's awesome you're, you're the first javelin thrower on the podcast so I can check I was I can, hoping I can check that off man so that's really <laughs> cool um, so when you're going to school obviously you're doing the javelin stuff um, but what did you kind of study uh, at school was it photography or did you go for something else um, you know, I was, uh, going to school, it was really about going to school and, and my identity was so attached to, um, track team and, and the javelin and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, you know, I, I started off thinking I was going to do pre-med and, and be a doctor and I kind of went down that road for quite a while. Um, 
you do a pre-med thing there, you don't have to be like, it's not like a major, it's, it's kind of a track, but you do something else. And I was also really into environmental studies. So I was doing that. <clears throat> I took my first photo class in the fall of my second year. Um, and then that was a big hit for me and I really loved it, but I, you know, still was thinking, you know, it was just an elective and something mm-hmm. fun. And I, I was probably the end of my third year in school that, that I finally made this like commitment to transitioning. And, um, that, that was obviously a big step. Um, it somewhat coincided with, um, kind of a phasing out of, of track for me because I had a lot of injuries. I had four surgeries in college with, with athletics. And, um, you know, I essentially just kind of shifted my energy from from sports into photography and um, having that kind of focus and that kind of drive uh, with the photography kind of helped me catch up and really, um, you know, learn a lot fast and really um, just, just soak in as much as I could and, and seek out opportunities and, and so it all, you know, it all kind of came together and, and towards the end of school. And that's actually when I started assisting, too. Oh, nice. Um, so I guess, like, uh, going back a little bit, like, when you first picked up the camera, like, what kind of stuff were you photographing early on um, when you first kind of got into it? I've talked about this before in a way of, like, um, actually, probably the first two years, it, all I did was shoot landscapes. And, and honestly, for me, that was really valuable because, you know, I was worried about very specific things, like compositionally finding what, you know, what really worked for me, what I was really drawn to, you know, mm. these very big spaces, wide angles, you know, pushing some things force front, um, those ideas, and then, you know, kind of getting... I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't say mastery, but, you know, being very fluent with that before I jumped into photographing people okay. was really helpful because you essentially, you know, uh, somewhere I'd say one of my strengths is in environmental portraiture and, um, you know, having like the background, like kind of sets the table for my work. Um, you know, I think the, the spaces and the places and, and having that be a really beautiful scene on its own is really, um, pretty pretty critical to to how i think about things and i like to think about the pictures as kind of a play like the the identity of the the talent or the or the person or the human or might not even be a human in the in the foreground um or wherever they may be like that the the actual environment and the space have so much to do with telling the whole story so i think you know striking that balance uh, was pretty important for me and you know spending a lot of time with just landscapes was was important too yeah i've always kind of enjoyed that about your work and i've seen it like on your blog sometimes like i think like after shoots if you're traveling you'll go around this kind of shoot landscapes and maybe kind of use them as like plates for a later image yeah. is that something you kind of have done for a while yeah i mean that, that's a real functional part of of what we do and what we deliver for clients and then other times we'll you know, once in a while we'll actually stay another day, uh, on a job and try and make some more work. Um, we've done that before. And then, you know, and sometimes you're, you know, sometimes there's been trips I've taken by myself, not knowing exactly where I was going, seeking out a space or a landscape and knowing that, you know, we'd make it into a picture, but I just want to be there. I just Mm want to go to that place. And then other times it's like going with a lot of, um, kind of, 
prevision of you know how it's going to work or we sometimes we shoot someone in studio first and then you bring the landscapes together you know um however it might need to be um is kind of project specific so yeah and i know you mentioned i think you said you're doing some assisting while you're still in school um is that something you did for a while and um did you kind of already have like a goal in mind of the type of photography you wanted to be or is that still kind of where you still kind of like up in the air um, you know, it was certainly up in the air going into it. One was like, one reason I did the assisting, well, I'll step back. One, one of my, uh, one of my teachers, professors at, at Penn, um, you know, I said, Hey, you know, I want to make a career out of photography. And he, he was immediately, um, pushing, pushing me to find somebody to assist. And so I got pretty lucky. Um, the first photographer that I worked for, um, was a guy named, um, is, was a guy, but is a guy named Bill Kramer. Um, and he, he's, uh, let me come up a little bit later too, but, um, I worked for him at the end of my fourth year of school. Okay. Um, actually was, a, I was at Penn for five years because in year one I redshirted. So I kind of started the five year plan pretty early. So, uh, end of fourth year, I started assisting. Um, I don't, you know, that was like, film was still happening and digital was transitioning in pretty strong. So it was a really good, good time to, to kind of get in. I learned everything and shot everything in college on film. And then, you know, when you graduate and you're whatever, 22 or 23, like you um, ideally have um, a lot of time on your hands, you know? So it's a, you know, you really should be working as much as humanly possible um, to, to kind of figure yourself out and figure out, you know, right. if you're an artist or on a craft path, something like that, that, you know, you can kind of build, build yourself on your own without having a lot of outside responsibilities. And so, um, you know, I, I, the assisting was great. Um, I, I assisted kind of on and off here and there through my last year in school. Mm. Um, it's funny cause I actually did, um, I missed a lot of classes <laughs> because I was assisting, yeah. you know, it was uh, the, when I dropped pre-med kind of like halfway or three years through, um, the, the classes that I was taking to kind of close out everything were just kind of finishing a minor or closing the loop or, you know, some, some extra photo classes and, um, just kind of, checking a bunch of boxes to get where, get where I was going. And then, um, I was putting on a show, um, kind of by myself at the same time. And then I was doing like, I was taking a video class. I remember missing like half of the semester for video class and being like pleading to the professor who was a younger guy who was super talented. I can't think of his name right now. Um, but anyhow, he, uh, I was like, man, I'm so sorry. I'm doing this and this and this and this, and I'm trying to make it. And do. And he was like, well, your final better be good. And if it is, I don't care about you missing any yeah. time. And it was. And it was like it worked out great. And he actually somehow, but even though I missed half the semester, I gotta be in that video class. But anyway, um, it's not a recommendation to anyone <laughs> to miss all your classes. Yeah. But um, you know, the assisting was really learned so much that is relevant to to where we are today and made a great relationship with Bill that went on to continue for, for quite a long time. So. Nice. 
And then um, one thing, actually, the way I found your work, I found it years ago. It was a series of photos you had in communication arts. Um, it was like, I think it was like five portraits of, I think it was like steel workers in Pennsylvania. Yep. Um, that's, yep. how, that's how I kind of first came onto your work. Um, how did that project come about? Because I believe, was that through, you got a grant? I believe for that stuff. I don't. I don't know if I got a. I don't remember a grant. I read I, that. I would have liked well. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, sh I wish I got a grant. If I if I got a grant, they didn't send me money. <laughs> okay. Um, and I could have used it because mm. I was so so poor at that time. Yeah. Um. So that project was. Um. Yeah. That was like I was out of school. Um. I was working actually with Bill, kind of through his business. It mm -hmm. was. Um. Right. He has um, owns a company called Wonderful Machine. Um. And and but previous to that it was um, not combat, and it was. But he he was is a great photographer in his own right, obviously. Mm -hmm. But um. Anyhow, um. Working through his business. Um, I had some resources to, to make pictures, which, you know, when you're starting in, um, in photography, it costs some money, uh, and starting in digital back in 2004, 2005 was kind of extra expensive. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember, uh, but like, you know, a one DS Canon 1DS was like eight or nine grand or yeah. something like that. And then the whole kit and like, there just was no financially, no way I was going to pull that off. Mm -hmm. So had a, a nice situation with Bill to work through his business. And, um, in that, what I said before about just trying to utilize the time best, um, I was, uh, I decided to work on a project photographing former steel workers from Titusville, Pennsylvania, where I grew up. Um, and the connection there or my, what I call my PR guy was actually my dad. He was the uh, vice president of the steel workers union. Um, when I was, uh, when I was growing up, um, and that steel mill closed kind of when I was in, uh, junior high school, high school, or, you know, essentially closed. Mm -hmm. It was the, the steel mill was like the economic heart of the town. And, um, it was a pretty big transition for the town uh, in a lot of ways after that went, but anyhow, um, yeah, I was just photographing guys that were, um, had worked there a little bit of a, uh, definitely Americana project, a little bit of journalism, but it certainly had a lot of um, kind of post effect to it. Yeah. Um, and, but it was a really good opportunity for me to, to really kind of get in and, and really develop a style. Um, certainly transitioned away from that a bit, but um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it was just practice and it was, you know, I think it spoke to something and it was, we did really had a really nice run with that job and, um, mm um our project and and got a lot of nice press for it and then yeah. kind of moved on yeah were you shooting a lot of portraits at that time or were you still kind of like i know you say you kind of started off in landscapes when you kind of did that project were you already kind of building a portfolio of portraits at that point or was that something kind of new to you yeah i mean i i think you know certainly some of my influences were like some magazine things working with bill was was certainly one um i, I after i graduated i actually um took a full-time job working for a photographer named dave moser from philadelphia and worked for him for i want to say 14 or 15 months full-time but then you know I, I was pretty anxious to to get out on my own and um just you know i was ready i felt like i was ready to shoot so 
still provided the opportunity to make the transition. And, but I was, yeah, I was pretty confident I was going to be a portrait shooter. I still was doing some of the landscape stuff separately, but not, not yeah. to much extent. In 2010, I kind of picked it up again. Um, Robert Lucen, uh, my producer here, and who's been, um, we've been working together for almost eight years now. He kind of pushed me to, to do that a little bit. And it was a nice little, um, diversion and then became pretty valuable for what we're doing now. So nice. Yeah. So I guess like when you, when you kind of broke off on your own, um, what were kind of some of the first clients and like assignments you were doing? Well, I worked, I actually worked through Bill's business for the first two years of actually shooting independently. So, and that was, it was mostly editorial. Then we started to get some small ad gigs or graphic design company gigs. Um, I was actually doing a lot. Like, again, I was just trying to work so much. Yeah. Um, we, there was an account that the whole company had that Bill's company had that was, uh, for Drexel university. And it was like kind of, um, corporate, photojournalism that kind of stuff so i had like a lot of uh, what would be kind of pre-training for some of the lifestyle stuff that we do so much of now and then um you know magazine assignments were very abundant still um i would say in the early 2000s and um so we you know man i I mean there were i think there was a year where um i want to say i did like 120 130 shoots or something like yeah. that um, <laughs> pretty early yeah. but it was like i was shooting a lot of music like that was like you know there were 150 300 400 dollar assignments but mm-hmm. like you know we had we had the gear and i just wanted to make work so mm-hmm. i was just trying to you know shoot so absolutely so much um you know i think some of the gigs slowly you know as a portfolio grew and you know, really spend a lot of time with marketing and, and kind of specific um, marketing things we could do with what we had or I could do with what I had. Um, you know, some of the clients got bigger, some of the magazines got bigger. Um, I remember in 2007, I shot uh, like my first field and stream assignment and I thought that was like the coolest thing in the world because yeah. that was a magazine I remembered growing up. And then we had... Um, used to shoot for business week all the time. That was like one of them and fast company and ink. So like a bunch of these business things and, you know, like it was just hustling a lot. Um, the scale of it wasn't, the scale was like, it was kind of small scale, but like kind of volume based. Mm-hmm. And then, um, when I really did jump away from working, uh, with what is now wonderful machine, which was a different thing then, um, that was the, I'll say that was the spring of oh, oh 07. And it was like a pretty clean, clean jump to being totally independent. Mm. I was like, you know, we didn't have a studio. We didn't have a big, much space to work with. And, you know, I was living with my now, uh, living in an apartment with my now wife. Mm. And we were like a desk set up in our bedroom and yeah. like jam, jamming gear and weird closets and you know <laughs> stuff like that and, yeah. and that was all good mm-hmm. um and honestly that was like 11 years ago so it wasn't wasn't that long ago um 2008 was like really started to transition and was doing some really cool starting to do a couple cool ad shoots and that kind of helped us financially a little bit um we bought a house luckily before the economy collapsed mm-hmm. um and then that 2008 uh, when that all went down in the fall, like I think I had like four or five assignments from October 
through the end of the year, maybe one, one ad job. And it was, it was kind of, kind of spooky, you know? Um, but like for me again, then I was only, um, I guess right at end of 2008, I would have been like 28. Okay. So, and I still didn't have that much, um, that much responsibility. We had, we had a house, but like we were, we were doing all the work ourselves. Mm. Um, and then we had, uh, you know, my my wife and then no kids at the time and, you know, a couple cats to take care of, but (laughs) manage that. Yeah. And like, so, so that stuff, um, you know, kind of got us head as far as I could, uh, before responsibilities got a little bit bigger. And, you know, when, when it all, shook out it was like a really good time for slowing down to the point of realizing i wanted to kind of transition look and style and also that um you know me retouching everything was not a a viable solution yeah Um, it just become kind of overwhelming and my skill set wasn't expanding it was just like finding more shortcuts to kind of and work around um to be a little faster but it was uh, yeah just wasn't that um, refined yeah that's one thing i was going to ask is like i mean with the style like do you feel like it's important to create a style that's like people like recognize it like in the way that you shoot like is that like something you're conscious of like when you're shooting like it needs to look a certain way so it's like cohesive with the rest of my work is it like something that's like constantly evolving how do you kind of view that kind of thing um i i I wouldn't say there's a major evolution i think there's um i think it's pretty critical for you know just to stick it out to anyone else it's it's Mm -hmm. really critical that the body of work is cohesive Mm -hmm. um you know it it, someone's looking to see if your point of view like a buyer or a photo editor or anyone who might hire you a marketing manager you know they they want a point of view a perspective Uh, they want your identity to line up with their you know to to be have an effect on the identity that you're going to represent yeah so if you were you know if whoever it might be out there um if you've got multiple styles and it's not really clear what you're focused on and where your strengths are you know it's just not a clear buy you know i just think about how we shop Mm -hmm. and i think you know you know for everyone and whatever you kind of gravitate towards like there's really a clear identity for any kind of any product yeah um so it's the same it's a similar thing i mean i hate to break it down to to be so kind of businessy about it but yeah you know, it's that's the truth. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is like a balance because you are like a commercial photographer. I know you're like an artist because you do like lots of cool personal projects. But that's one thing. Yeah, I always ask people like, how do you kind of balance those two things, like your artistic side with also the reality that you need to like create work that's going to attract clients? Do you feel like you kind of have to like balance those two things? Yeah, you know, man. Like, because if you think about it, like it, it gets harder because yeah. you've got editorial you know kind of talking about how i came up like in editorial mm. we have freedom like i'm you you know sometimes on bigger projects or cover shoots like on our, on our maybe an art director but a photo editor might come on a shoot but generally there's a whole lot of like hey this is what we want in general um but you got a lot of freedom to play and a lot of why i kind of grew as quickly as i did was you know they're looking for one picture um, you know one page vertical 
uh, opener and a turn page picture. So you, you know, that's something similar, but different. So you're talking about like, you're doing two shots, two different shots, but I'd mm. go out and do six, Yep. you know, like I'd really maximize, like not waste the, the, whoever shooting's time, but like, just really try and try and do as much as I could, you know, mm-hmm. and, and really make something special and something that was like breaking all my rules of defaulting. And, um, just trying to, you know, I guess always I'm trying to make portfolio pictures and always trying to make the best work we can. Mm. And the, the bigger, the bigger the jobs get, the more specific the, the input and the direction from the, you know, art directors and then creative teams and mm. then account people and marketing managers on the client side and that kind of stuff. The more, the more it gets whittled down to what, like they still, it's, it's kind of a, opposing thoughts because they want you but they also really need specific things that create limitations on what you might be or mm. in my case me um and it's so it's it's a little bit at you know at odds at times um you know we try you know we try to make the balance but you know if it's a commission yep. the the client rules and we're there to make exactly what they need if i feel like it's a bad decision for them then you know I'll, I'll speak up to a point, but really we're we're there to serve. They're paying for the whole production and our team to, you know, everyone we want to be on the shoot to make a great teams there. And mm-hmm. so you know that rules. That yeah. said, you got to take you got to take the the good commissions and and um, you know kind of the money that comes from that and set some aside to make work that you know you you feel is you know your true self mm-hmm. and that represents you, and then also shows like. Frankly, for the next round uh, of of jobs or whatever it might be, um, that you know, kind of kind of your vision and staying true to that. So, yeah. you know, there's probably like in the last four years, there's probably more more shoots that never see like you know that we don't show publicly for different reasons. Like, yeah, we don't love them or we really can't, um, you know, because of client client privileges and whatnot. Mm. So. But you know, we try to still trying to turn out a lot of work and 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 share a lot and trying to do a bigger and better things. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the one thing I've always enjoyed about looking at your work. Um, I know you do a lot of commercial stuff, but then you kind of do lots of cool personal projects. And one yeah. of, one of them, I think you're working on now. I don't know if it's still ongoing, but the I think it's the women's uh, at work. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, we, how did that call it? Women's work. Okay, women's work. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I'll tell you about that. I mean, that was a cool one, man. We like, um, I was at a, a meeting with some art buyers in New York <clears throat> and one, uh, one person, um, from Drogo five, she was telling me about her friend and moved to, moved to Philly and I was like, yeah, she was a, she was a web designer. Her and her husband had this like graphic design web design team. And then she just was not loving it. And she decided she wanted to be a butcher. Mm. which was like, Oh, okay. Well, that's hella crazy, uh, transition, uh, professionally. But beyond that, like, you know, I, I just have a, I have a tendency to kind of envision everything and like picture it and draw it in my head. And, mm. um, and in that case I was like, Oh, wow, that's cool. That's, I've never met a female butcher. I just it's like always depicted as some like big guy. overweight yeah. <laughs> yeah, guy who's either, if he's Irish, he doesn't have a, mustache and if he's italian it's kind of a strange curly one or you know whatever it might be so uh you know so so i was like oh that's cool you know i wonder if she'd want to 
you know, maybe have her do a, a photo shoot. And so I kind of got the connection from our, our bar friend and went down the, uh, reaching out to, to her name is Heather Merrill Thomason. Um, she was uh, at a place called, um, uh, Kensington quarters. Now she runs a really cool, uh, butcher shop and kind of co-op thing that, um, cool. is called, um, primal supply. And anyhow, that, you know, that, that shoot with her started like a pretty big conversation of like, this is a great project. And, you know, we kind of went organically and, and we were always talking about it from a perspective of professions, not like, Oh, you know, what's going to, you know, it it wasn't, we weren't sorting it in any other way than like, Hey, we want to make portraits of, Butcher, portraits of big farmer, portraits of miner, portraits of developer, things like that. Yeah. So, and you might see it in the worker, maybe not, maybe it's not as clear as uh, I think it is, but I've kind of never put a big, um, like a, a big, a lot of thought into separating out how you photograph a man versus a woman. And so it, it lined up, you know, I think that was another thing that kind of made it, made it work with, with my style was, you know, if whoever it is, you know, there might be some things that happen to a person with styling or, you know, just the clothes they're wearing. I mean, things that can kind of separate out gender a little bit, but, um, really we just were like, okay, this is, you know, it's not, this isn't a female butcher, this is a butcher, you know, this isn't a female, whatever profession it might, might be. So, you know, we kind of went about it like that and we're just kind of uh, collecting people, um, it just it became a bit of a um people coming out of the woodwork as as press started to come in about it and mm. we you know we, i think we cut it off around 20 or so people um we have we actually have um one of the one of the we had just such a cool run of press about it and we had i feel like we've had articles in like 16 or 17 countries wow and um so it went pretty big and that respect um actually i have a book agent for it but i i was um i kind of took it off of my plate as a big focus last year and then um we've actually picked it up again and um hopefully we'll have a book deal for it later uh, maybe next next quarter but if we do or we don't i I still see some of the project growing Mm -hmm. um but i don't the book deal would kind (laughs) of really 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 kind of force it to um, be a bigger thing. So we did that. It was probably triple in size and yeah. we had a very, very, very busy year okay. um, trying to make the work. But, yeah. you know, I think it's, I think it's a cool project and I'm really proud of the work. And, um, you know, some of the feedback was like, I, I had correspondence with like a couple of different schools that were, you know, kind of tr- trying to teach in the topic and like bring it up as like debates. There was like a show with the work in France, but like at school, like a yeah. fourth grade class, mm-hmm. you know, like it was like, Hey, is any job off limits? women you know like bringing that up those ideas up and those conversations and obviously at this time uh in history it's it's good timing to um be kind of talking about those issues yeah definitely um do you feel like working on those like personal projects are important to i guess kind of moving your business forward do you feel like it helps you find new clients or is this something you kind of need to do this to kind of step away from the uh, the, the commercial stuff for, for your own pleasure or how, how do you kind of view them? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I think I was alluding to it earlier. Yeah. Um, if you don't do that, then it's really not your vision on anything. Mm-hmm. Like 
you know, you can attach yourself to someone else's idea and you can bring your, your, you know, your this and your that kind of style to it. But really like, you know, I think it's, it's important to like understand the roles that everybody is going to be working with you and like understand the creative development roles, you know, understand, you know, if you're, um, you know, whatever it might be. Like I, I started out retouching my own work, but you know, now work with, uh, way more talented people to yeah. do that. Um, was that, was that, do- was that kind of weird at first, like at first kind of just passing your stuff off? Is that, was that kind of like a weird transition? Well, I think that's, I mean, there's two, two, two ideas there. Yeah. Um, there's, it's not really passing it off True. because you've got like, um, uh, there's still a lot of time of working one-on-one with someone. Yeah. And then ideally <laughs> at some point it's, it's, you know, what, in the situation we have now, um, with a really talented retoucher, George McCardle, um, he, you know, there's, we'll have a call, we'll have initial like flex from a client. Mm. Um, we'll have some conversation and it's something we're trying to improve on all the time. Yeah. Um, and then, but really George can roll because he's worked on like a thousand pictures. Yeah. So if you think about the volume we do and mm. like making a transition from, you know, one person working with your stuff to, you know, when we have to use some, well, not a lot of that, but if there's, um, I, I, I've had, um, I guess four retouchers primarily work with my work. One of them being myself. Um, and then everybody, you know, everyone's worked on stuff is, you know, everyone has slightly different skill sets and kind of palettes for, for Photoshop. So there's been, slight variation mm-hmm. but i'm trying to um trying to direct that as much as possible and then you know again as the further you get along the more value there is there that yeah. you know familiarity and whatnot yeah um, definitely i guess so. like because when you're working on the big scale things that you do you really need a team around you i know you have like you mentioned robert Lucen, and then you have your retouchers so kind of building did it kind of take you a while to get used to working with like a team environment where you, before when you kind of yeah. first started out it's just yourself so i mean kind yeah. of delegating is that kind of something that took you a little while yeah i mean i think it all kind of had a nice curve of, of, of transition into that yeah you know i mean it's it's just to touch on the retouching one more time one more time like like the women's work stuff i feel like almost every picture we just sat for hours together yeah working through it and work, like refining it. And mm-hmm. I think more than anything, that was like really valuable time spent, you know, it was, um, it was like going to the, going to the retouching office and yeah. then sitting in the, in the dark for, for hours. And, mm-hmm. um, it was, yeah, but it's, you know, the, the developing the understanding of the overall feel and then developing some tricks together that work well for how, you know, how I'm shooting, how I'm seeing things. Mm. That's it's really valuable. So yeah. now j- jump ahead. Sorry, I went back. To no, that's question. fine. <laughs> um, um, yeah, you like. I think for for um, to repeat the the one thing we were talking about, I I I, I kind of forgot what we were at with the balancing. Yeah, I was role. just yeah. No, I was just saying like kind of like. I guess like kind of once once you kind of get into the advertising work, you kind of have like a whole team around you. I was just saying like, did it yeah. kind of take you out to get used to kind of building that team and having being able to delegate and kind of manage that because it is a different like when you're first getting out and you're the shooting editorial. I'm sure it's just like you, but then when, once you kind of expand and keep getting bigger and getting bigger into like the, all the big advertising stuff, I would imagine that's kind of a, it's a big growth. So. 
Yeah, it, it is. It's a big jump. Um, I think it's, there's like the jump of understanding how it works mm -hmm. and like, you know, you go in and you're like kind of seeing ad jobs, like editorial jobs being like, Oh, they just, you know, they do it and yep. they pick it and they, you know, like, and not knowing how much input you really need to give towards things. But yeah. again, it's, um, it's a lot about finding people you really trust yep. and finding people that are really consistent and then, mm. you know, finding a, a common ground on how you work. Mm. Um, you know, it, it builds a lot of consistency and I think that's what we're always working towards, you know? Yeah. It's, um, definitely. Go ahead. Sorry. No, definitely, man. That makes sense. Um, I guess like when you started getting into more advertising, did it kind of take you a while to get used to working on those big productions or did you feel kind of, comfortable doing it from the get-go was there like any kind of things you learned early on once you kind of got into those bigger jobs um yeah i mean i i think i'd say probably the first couple years there was some you know some fear and some jitters and like oh, i can't get to sleep and mm -hmm. like i learned how to prepare better yeah. i learned how to listen better i learned how to um you know, you kind of understand those dynamics again. Yeah. Like, you know, you hadn't before that, you're not working with like a lot. There's a lot of people on set that mm. are um, going to have their input all the time. And, and like one person's input that's important is contradicting someone else. So you just kind of like you're, you're, you're doing the photography job, but you're also like kind of the centerpiece of, of managing all the, the expectations and, and, you know, beyond that, it's like, again, it's a big, they're big jobs. So you want everyone to have a great time. Yeah. Like you, you can't lose that just because the, you know, of the weight of the job, you know, if it's a quarter million dollar budget, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you, you can't screw that up. Yeah. But at the same time, like you're not going to, and then you're <laughs> while not screwing it up, we're going to have a blast. Yeah. Definitely. So that's kind of, you know, that's one of the places where, always gravitating around mm. um you know it's it, it's not it, it is a transition I, yeah. I i remember some jobs back in 2007 2008 where like you know if i had prepared myself better mm. i probably would have been in a better place but i still pulled it off yeah you know? i think i think like the personality i was never like a total freak out person about stuff mm -hmm. so i it i think that helped um and, but like today, I mean, you know, we still have jobs where, you know, you have, I have expectations for different people doing different things. I think that they're well communicated, but maybe they're not. Mm. And, you know, that, that can still be, create some hiccups. But mm. again, that the team, the team factor is, is so much bigger than it used to be. And that, um, that's great in so many levels and the, the com camaraderie is great. The, the unity is great mm. um and and frankly like what we deliver is constantly getting constantly getting better so yeah definitely. it's a blast yeah, yeah. definitely I, i've always I, i've watched your work for a long time you can kind of see it evolve and this keeps getting better and better um and one thing Thank one you. thing i wanted to ask you about you've been doing these cool uh cinemagraphs um yeah how did that kind of come about are you doing like a lot of that nowadays is that something you're kind of just doing for yourself or like clients asking for that yeah, we do. We do. Um, we haven't done a ton for ourselves lately. It's funny, man. We were like two years ago hitting these pretty hard. Yeah. And you know, we were like, "Oh, everyone's gonna want to do these." Yeah. And then we had put out a bunch, and some of them were super complex. And then we were like, kind of took the stop worrying about it because it was it was they're coming up and like here and there, 
And then I'll feel like, I honestly feel like in the last three months, it just happens to be, it's like everybody wants them again. Or, or, or the, the, I guess we were, I'm not like, this is a horn tooting thing, but I think we're like a little extra ahead of it. Yeah, I've, and, honestly, I've never seen anyone do it. Like the, like the one that sticks out of my mind is the one with like the purple butterflies like in the forest. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, they're badass, man. I, I don't, I've never really seen them. So it was really cool. Yeah, that one was pretty complex. So it was like, we'd originally shot that picture just as stills and used like real actual butterflies. Mm. Um, they were not alive. <laughs> uh, and they... Um, shot that and then came back to it later, like two years later and, and wanted to redo it as a, a motion thing. And, and we, um, we worked with a bunch of really talented people that, um, uh, like did, we created CGI of the same butterfly yeah. and then, you know, animated the, the butterfly using a number of techniques that I can't remember what they're all called. And, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that piece is really cool. And it's, I don't think it could have been, a, a neater process of bringing something to life like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know, some of them are really simple and some of them are more complex like that. So it just depends on the job and scope. And, um, with people getting into them though, like in, in terms of how they work for, say, if you're doing a campaign with other stuff, like mm. just, just really try and get ahead of it and make yeah. it part of the creative. Cause there are some certain steps where you could, you know, get jammed up mm. and then they don't really align with the stills. So get ahead of it. Yeah, yeah. What kind of prompt did you get into that? Was it just like something you're interested in or was it just like a, another thing, another service to offer your clients or what kind of, kind of spawn that, I guess? Uh, you know what? I think we were, uh, we had seen a couple of them and we thought they were cool. And I, I felt like, you know, these are going to be popular and going to be valuable in like Instagram space and, you know, some of the, like some of the social media paths. And it's like, it's just, you know, one of those things where it, it, it feels like it, it kind of took a while to really trigger mm. on. Yeah. Um, and then we were, I think that the butterflies and paper airplanes were like pretty early on because we wanted to do some motion personal work and we had all those assets already. Yeah. So you didn't, you know, it was still a development in CGI, but really the concept was already flushed out, mm -hmm. um, flushed out. Um, so yeah, it was, it was like usually around January, like the turn of the new year after all the holiday celebrations are over, we usually have this like, you know, a few weeks or a month or whatever that is kind of slow. Yeah. And then we, we really sit down and do like, you know, talk about our goals and our priorities and, mm. um, you know, kind of, um, you figure out kind of directions we want to go and things, pictures we want to make or projects or whatever it might be. And this year was a case where like we swamped in January. So we didn't really do the same thing, but we've kind of trickled out <laughs> some yeah. of the parts of it and still feel like we're catching up. But, um, mm. you know, we're right now, um, like we, we have all the capabilities to do some pretty wild things with, um, cinemagraphs and, and kind of mix of photography and animation elements. Mm. And then beyond that, um, we're working really hard on finishing, uh, motion reel. We've shot a lot and you don't see too much of it. Yeah. Um, but we, it's, it's, there's a lot of stuff and we, I really enjoy doing it and we, we enjoy doing it. And, um, there's a couple things that'll be out within the next week actually that are, I think are particularly cool. Mm -hmm. So, um, we'll share that stuff and then hopefully, you know, sometime in the spring we'll have the full reel out and, mm -hmm. uh, you'll see, see all kinds of things you probably never saw. 
Yeah, that's cool. Like with the motion work stuff, do you feel like you have like a different approach to that than your still work? And like, do you feel like your motion work needs to like match the aesthetic of your still work, or is it two different bodies of work? You think? Um, I think it's somewhere in between. Yeah. I think that like when it when it, the conversation early on was like, oh, your motion needs to look exactly like stills, and it's like, well, yeah, I mean, it 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 does yeah um and it doesn't you know i think like some of our posts has actually morphed a little bit um when we have control of it mm. uh so it's a little less heavy with some of the photoshop things yeah. um some of the complex editing and the compositing and whatnot i think that'll still kind of be there um we've you know kind of in the training when i had said to you um I've said to you early on about like just shooting landscapes and for the first two years. And so in a similar way with, with motion, um, we focused on personal work on, um, uh, just telling day in a life and kind of life story, um, mini docs. Yeah. And that's like journalistic and somewhere journalistic editorial. Mm. Um, but it's, but it's human and we can still add some pretty dynamic shots to it. And, you know, it can kind of understand boards and kind of organization of, of uh, organization of arc of a, of a piece. And yeah. so that was, has been really good training. Um, we're doing a couple things now that are getting a little more complex with the editing. Mm. Um, we have on this last thing that we're going to show pretty soon, you know, some weird kind of locked in stuff with compositing, nice. um, that is, is pretty damn cool. And, um, you know, I see us doing more of that. And so, you know, I think that, I think people sometimes confuse the idea of, um, I really have, haven't don't explain the style well mm. i think there's just a million things that go into style yeah. and i think people get stuck on maybe a look yeah. um which i think our look was very 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 distinct um i think it's still pretty clear now but mm. it used to be kind of over the top distinct and now it's a little a little softer yeah. a little more finessed mm -hmm. and um but still like Hey man, I like to shoot wide and tight. And mm -hmm. then I like to, uh, you know, there's, there's specific lenses that I really like to use and there's some that I don't. Um, mm -hmm. we've kind of like one big thing with, um, with shooting for me that I've, I've gotten, I used to like shoot F like F eight, F 11, F 16, like all the time. And like everything was in focus. Yeah. And honestly, man, that's, it's it was a look for a reason and and i liked it and i love seeing the detail mm. but it was like kind of a nightmare um for anyone working on our files and then we were just you know we're just honestly making a lot more work now there's some wide shots that i really think still need that and want that but i've become more flexible about it so it doesn't always matter and now i like there's a lot of stuff i like shooting in f2 so yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, I, I feel like you're always growing. You're yeah. Always it's changing. Yeah. Keep evolving yeah. and try new stuff and you never know yeah. where it's going to go and just kind of keep building on it. I think that's kind of yeah. the fun thing about photography. And if you're not challenging your st yourself and you're trying to learn new stuff, you're just going to get stagnant in my mind. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. really cool looking at your work. You guys seem like you're always trying to push with like the cinematographs or your motion work, just kind of keep pushing with it. Um, yeah. with the motion work, do you guys have like any, do you have a goal with like the work you want to do with that? Is it just like commercial stuff or would you like to do like little short films or what are kind of your goals with that kind of work? Um, you know, honestly, um, I, I there, there are some commercial goals that we have. Mm. Um, I think on a personal level, 
um, you know, I, I do like the storytelling aspect. I think we'll continue with mini docs when they're appropriate. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff we're doing commercially that, um, we're, we're totally there to be shooting, uh, broadcast mm. and we, we've only, sh- we've shot broadcast a few times, but, um, really in like kind of a lot of the circles of, of work that we do, I think it could be pretty consistent. Um, and we feel very qualified to be doing that. So it's, it's, you know, when, when we work on jobs where they have a still component and they have a broadcast TV component and we're split out, yeah. sometimes I'm just, I'm a little, uh, I get a little grumpy about it because yeah. it's like, you know, <laughs> I feel you know, not to take away anything from any of the directors or, or, you know, really talented DPs that, that, um, we have worked with or didn't haven't worked with, but you know, I feel pretty confident about other strengths that we have, um, kind of making up for anything in, in like a volume experience side and, um, really having my head around and being very engaged with the work that we, we pick on that we pick to do. So, um, yeah, so there's, there's stuff there. Um, we're, there's a few things that are kind of out of our, out of our hands in terms of what's, you know, what's the whole year look like. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty, um, pretty co- convinced that we'll be able to finish the, the real by sometime in the spring, mm-hmm. you know, if women's work, if we decide to take a book proposal, um, that would probably take up a massive amount of time. Um, and then from there, you know, we'll see where, where the jobs fall and, and how the, everything else that affects us falls. So, yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's cool. Um, yeah, I just had a few more questions. I'll let you go. Um, All good. Yeah, cool. Um, I guess this kind of looking back at your career, um, you've been doing this for a little while now. Um, are there like any shoots that kind of stick out in your mind in in your mind as like really memorable experience or something that you were really enjoyed or kind of this this kind of stick out as memorable to you? I don't know. There's there's a million. I mean, like some of the editorial opportunities were really special. Mm. Um, like even on that first project, mm. like with the, the steel workers, like yeah. I remember, I remember distinct moments from like almost every one of those shoots. Mm. If I dig in my, my memory. And like, I remember one moment when like I was trying to develop a look for the pictures and I kind of hit it. Yeah. Um, and it was with that body work. And I would just remember being pretty ecstatic about it. Um, I remember like, you know that you brought up that communication arts thing and that was like mm. really big for me i remember being so proud i remember it was like between like a howard chat spread and and then a joe greenberg Damn. baby spread or something <laughs> like that and being like yep. oh well that's kind of cool you know mm-hmm. and then um but i mean with some of the jobs like i don't know i mean we had um you know, I spent like half a day with Al Gore and that was pretty special. We, Damn. you know, some of the, some of the, like the Richard Branson thing, like we were, they weren't even done with the spaceport and we were in that, um, which the story has kind of changed on that. But, yeah. um, you know, I did, they're just, there's, there's like a ton of people <laughs> that I could like say their names yeah. and, and that you'd never know who I'm talking about. Yep. And, and I could say they were just some of the best days of my life. Yeah, um, I was like, really meeting and connecting and hearing someone's story and then trying to translate that. Yep. Um, and you know, we always say like, we're trying to make the best 
picture mm-hmm. of someone that's ever been made. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're when you're going for that, um, you're gonna have some good days. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's the coolest thing about being a photographer. You kind of get a glimpse into other people's lives for like, maybe it could be five minutes, it could be a day. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just the most exciting thing about it. I don't, yeah. I don't know any other job that's really like that. That's a, that's what really kind of interests me about it. Um, I know. You <laughs> just kind of pop in for a second. Yeah. And then you uh, you get all the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And then don't have to deal with anything negative. <laughs> yeah, this is what I always look at. It. But it's, you know, I'm with you, man. It's, it's, um, yeah. I'm very appreciative. Yeah. And then, like, what do you think the key to, like, I know a lot of photographers, like, struggle with, like, how did you kind of make the jump from, like, editorial getting into the advertising? Do you feel like it was just, like, a gradual trans- transition or build up, or was there, like, a way that you were kind of getting into that world? Or how did you kind of make that jump? Because advertising is uh, so much different. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, th- I think it's, it's, it's hard to get on people's radars. It's much harder now than ever because, mm. like every, every form of uh, advertising yourself or promoting yourself, kind of mm-hmm. seems flooded. Yeah. So, you know, that's that, it is a challenge. Mm-hmm. I have the benefit of doing it for a while and still trying to, you know, stay relevant. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, you kind of you, it, the pipeline's longer than you think it's going to be. Yeah. Um, but once you're in it it's it can go further yeah. than you think it's going to mm. so i think that's you know trying to um stay hopeful um but i think you know uh, i think if you're really really trying to make special work yep. and to beat your best so to speak um and if you keep that as maybe the biggest goal mm. i think the work will find you know the work will find you opportunities yeah. will find you yeah um there's no clear cut thing like if i knew how to really get more attention in advertising, I do more, mm. you know, I do, I do more of that thing and I can't, you know, we spend money on advertising, we yeah. spend money on mailers and piece like promos and postcards and we spend a lot of money on it. And, you know, it's not like we get 25 calls a week, yeah. you know, it, it is, it is a challenge. Um, we, we end up being super busy, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we make the most of our opportunities and our exposures with people. Yeah. Um, and you know, um, you know, we we try to see the big picture, and also you know really care about the details. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think crafting, continuing to craft, and and trying to be better mm. than you've been before is is probably the my biggest piece of advice. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, like marketing, is something you still spend a lot of time thinking about um, at this point in your career. It's something you guys are always trying to find new ways to do, or. Uh, is that some? How do you kind of view that kind of aspect of the? Well, it's kind of, it's kind of itself in motion. Um, you know, we have a plan of, you know, how we're going to send out mm. postcards ten times a year. We're going to do yeah. this source book. We're going to do this online source book thing. We're going to mm. do like, kind of work it out pretty early or you know yeah. before the year starts, and then, you know, know that we need to fill it with work and have the work to fill it. And as long as those two things line up, um, we, we haven't, you know, um, we haven't done a real big, like one-off mailer type thing. Like we're just really consistent, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the postcards go out to like 1500 or 2000 people 10 times a year. So that's like 20,000 postcards, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 
That's a, a lot. lot. You know, and then, uh, I think like yeah. that was a big help for me was was without being consistent. Yeah, consistency for sure. And then I know you partnered. Now you have Heather Heather, Heather Elder is your rep now. I think for mm-hmm. the last few years, um, how has that partnership been? Do you feel like having a rep has been important to your career? I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really love Heather um, and Lauren at mm-hmm. the office yeah. and and Taya. Um, they're they're you know really savvy and um they're you know have more they've been in the industry specifically advertising um twice as long as i have so there's got to be something to say for that um that that group uh i'll say like when i started um the reason i joined the group was um i looked at a lot of groups and she was at the top of my list uh because she had people that were had been in the industry for a long time yep. and in a lot of other groups I, that I was interested in, I was skeptical about because it's like, okay, well the, the roster turnover seems strange. Like yeah. places I've been tracking and like, you know, if you've got really young, young talented people, um, I think it's great. Uh, but you're, you're trying, like, there's a little bit of leaning, maybe the younger or greener someone might be, mm. there's going to be a lot of leaning on from, from, uh, leaning on the rep for things. And yeah. I think like, um, what I saw in Heather's group was, you know, people that had been like kind of legends or, and were still, mm-hmm. and are still, yeah. um, and just had been doing it for a long time. Like I don't, you know, I, there was a, an agent who, um, I really, really looked up to, um, that I wanted to be in, in their group. And, um, I remember running into him and, and him making a comment like, you know, the average photography career is seven years, yeah. something like that. And, um, and being like, okay, does that mean that you think I want to be done in seven years or <laughs> does it like, and it's funny cause their group is no longer. Um, yeah. so, um, you know, I'm I'm trying to make a career out of this. Yeah. And, um, I think I think you're no, doing all right now, Chris. I think I think you got a career <laughs> going, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that sounds silly, but um, <laughs> you know, it's it's she she's again uh, one of the smartest people I've ever met in the business. Yeah, and um, you know, she has a great reputation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a pretty important part of yeah. what that's all about. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, people trust her. Um, and then, you know, that trust kind of comes down the line. Mm. Um, they respect her, they respect if, you know, uh, something's going funny on any level yeah. that it's going to be worked out in like a, an honest and fair way, however that may be. Yeah. Um, you know, she's, she's, a, she's a really clear, clear headed thinker. Mm. Um, just like, you know, I could go on. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, she's definitely cool. I interviewed her like a month and a half ago. Yeah. And I, I've, I've followed her blog for a long time and I always appreciated, she does a lot of cool stuff with her blog. Like she interviews like different people that work in the business and like gives advice. Yeah. And a lot of people don't do that. They don't, they don't want to put like any like advice out there or anything like that. So that's, that's the one thing I always admired about her stuff is this really cool. She's kind of a part of the community and isn't afraid to, you know, put her, uh, input out on her blog, which was really cool, you know. Yeah, I think she she shares the community. Um, I'd actually say probably more than any other rep. Yeah, and uh, I think it's a little, it might even be a little undervalued or yeah. underappreciated. But yeah. um, you know, she she's she's good like that. 
Cool. Well, yeah, my last question, um, I guess, is going forward, do you have any goals for your photography or um, like a direction you'd like to pursue or anything kind of coming up, I guess? You know, I think we're, um, I think I was kind of touching into some of these things. Um, you know, we, we want to make our processes a little smoother. We want to be better communicators yeah. with everyone we're working with. I think we're, we're kind of focused on how we can make, make it smoother for everybody in our, in our team. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Robert is, so much of what drives things here um and he's doing like his development as a producer is pretty incredible yeah. um and then kind of how that all ties in with uh, how we're seeing the big picture i could you know we've had we've we've kind of expanded and contracted in in some ways but all, uh, over the years and how we kind of ran the business but um i think particularly right now we we may see may see a little bit um, bigger growth uh, internally and make it a bigger team, but um, hard to say. You know, I, I think it. Like I'm pretty um, always tracking where I think where I think everything it might be headed, and mm-hmm. overall how the uh, the landscape of, of the market looks. And and I think we're pretty pretty safe for the minute. But um, you know, I I, I want to. You know, I said it before about some someone else. Like I'm just trying to make the best pictures of whoever we're shooting, and um, trying to push myself and make make it something new and and something that you know three years something I made three years ago. I want to be proud of you yeah. know, or something I make today. I want to be proud of three years later and five years later and ten years later. And, and historically, we've been doing that. So may it continue. Cool, man. Well, uh, that's awesome, Chris. I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on here. Um, I think a lot of people will get a lot of value out of this interview, and I definitely do appreciate you taking the time. Um, but for people that are going to listen to this, where's the best place to check out your work? Um, yeah, you know, I think uh, you can check out everything on our website, chrismanphoto.com, and our Instagram is actually at chrismanphoto.com, and that's one S and no H. Um, but yeah, Alex, thanks for having, having me on, and I really appreciate the chat, and cool. uh, we'll uh, talk to you soon. All right, take care, Chris. So there you have it. That was the Chris Chrisman interview. I want to thank Chris so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure getting to speak with him about all his work and experience. Um, like I said before, I've been a big fan of his work for years now. I definitely urge you guys to go check out Chris's work at his website, chrismanphoto.com. He has lots of really cool projects on there, as well as a, a cool series of cinemagraphs, which uh, really interesting stuff. So definitely go check that out. And uh, going forward, just want to let you know, I'll be having weekly podcasts coming out every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as on my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and also on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. Thanks so much for listening. Take care.